0: Hello, my friends. This is Andy at the Andy Falco Show, coming to you live from Brea, California, on a Wednesday night. Two more days, and I graduate from elementary school in uh, middle school. <laughs> I'm so happy to have that behind us so that we can get back to, um, or get to summer, and then get back to normal when school comes back in. So, um, I, this was not a planned uh, live broadcast tonight. I was going to take... Um, I had a little one, a little short one yesterday, actually, it was a recorded uh, video, um, and then I was going to take the day off because I've been working on an outline uh, for a new book. The book, actually, uh, I started writing before uh, all the incidents with uh, Minneapolis occurred and all the other stuff. I'd already started writing a book called uh, Good Cop, Bad Cop. Strangely enough, I had talked about it with my mastermind group and, and begun already talking about it, um, but now it's transitioning because of much of the same content that I've already kind of... Outlined and began to put together for a book, um, will be used now to create a book called Reform. Reform uh, is going to be about what needs to happen not only in law enforcement but also in uh, the communities where these uh, police departments uh, exist. Uh, and there is got to it's got to be it's got to be two ways. You have to have both, right? Um, I've seen it over the years. Uh, I was around when. Uh, they really got really heavy into uh, community policing. When I started, there was no community policing about four or five years into my career as a police officer. Community policing started, a lot of cops hated it. It wasn't for everybody, but I did see that it made a difference uh, as we went into the community. Uh, uh, and then I began a, began a, uh, to work on a program called Disney Goals uh, with a gentleman from the Bronx who came over uh, from when the Ducks came to Anaheim and together we created uh, Disney Goals. Uh, I say together is because we both started on at the same time. He was the lead or head guy. And then I came in and uh, brought a police perspective. I would drive around in my police car with hockey equipment in my trunk. um, And then we would stop in the the underprivileged areas, the low income areas teach kids how to play hockey, uh, but only if they did schoolwork and they, uh, they they there were requirements to be in there. Uh, and we would do this in some really nasty, drug-infested, prostitute-infested areas where uh, prior to that used to have like couches on fire in the street and cars turned upside down and shootings every night, that kind of stuff. And I, and I saw that it made a difference. And so uh, this book is gonna kind of relate back to that of what has to happen. You, you have to have, and again, this is just a very, um, Limited look as to what's going to be in there, but it's going to address the, the, the issues in regard to some of the things that they're bringing up. I, I brought this up the other day is that, you know, chokeholds. Chokeholds are something that have been banned for years. And I keep hearing, I hear it more now than ever that this, they've, they've glommed onto that thing that they're going to get rid of. Well, it's been gotten rid of <laughs> for a very long time. Um, they're, they're saying that the knee on the neck is some type of chokehold. It's unrelated. That was just somebody kneeing on a guy's neck that also was not a chokehold. So, so they, you know, again, we have people and I'm not going to get all riled up. This is going to be a fairly calm, uh, uh, post that are, uh, live, <clears throat> but, um, it's just such, you got so many people on the news and I know I, you know, people tell me, I don't watch the news because it's, it's a bunch of shenanigans. Well, the, the, the problem is is that these are the people that are making the decisions and that are fueling the protest? I just went to get uh, Panda Express in your Belinda, the land of gracious living, and had to drive through a huge parade of BLM people walking down with all these signs, mostly white people, um, and um, yelling and screaming, flipping me off. I was sitting there, at light, and they were like flipping me off, and I go, "Why are you flipping me off?" I go, "Do you know that I, you know, <laughs> I investigate." Bad cops, why are you flipping me off? I wanted to say, but I didn't. But they're flipping me off like, What? Why are you doing that? I'm just sitting here at a light waiting for all of you with your signs. Uh, Some of them misspelt, they're just like me. I can't spell either. But you know, if you're gonna walk around with a sign, you know, ask somebody, Hey, is this spelled right? (laughs) Because I'm gonna be walking around for a mile and I can't spell law enforcement. (laughs) Well, at least I thought I could, but I can't. Apparently, apparently some people couldn't. And it was, it was, it was some of them said, F you and stuff. I said, what kind of movement is this where they're flipping people off for no good reason and their signs are just like, wow, you're so just not helpful in this whole situation. But that's the thing, right? They're using chokeholds. We're gonna get rid of chokeholds. Well, we got rid of chokeholds in the 1900s. And uh, are you talking, uh, you know, the kneeing on the neck is not a chokehold. That is kneeing on the neck. Uh, For whatever reason, he decided to do that and it was totally out of line. And so, and that's not the only thing, right? We have continuous stuff. The problem is uh, one of the things I knew was happening, I mentioned it, you know, several uh, shows ago, is that cops are going to not want to go to work, and I don't blame them, and they shouldn't. And I'm and I'm and I tell you, you're crazy if you're a police officer, especially in Minneapolis, New York, Los Angeles, uh, Seattle, especially Seattle right now. Seattle's gone bonkers um, because not only do they now not want cops, but they only want black doctors. <laughs> where where did that, that came out of nowhere, but apparently they only want black doctors, uh, in Seattle, um, cause that's black lives matter movement now. So black doctors, no cops. And, and so, but if I was a police officer in any of those cities, um, and I know that's easy for me to say now that I'm retired, but there was, uh, you know, a time at 10 or 15 years, maybe 20 years that I, you know, maybe 15 years that I was on that, um, you know, if that would have happened at that time in my career, I would, there's no way I was going to go to work. If, if I would, it, because you're being, you're being, you're, uh, you're being micro, What was the word I'm looking for. You're under a microscope. That's what I'm looking for. You're under a microscope constantly. And not just not one person is washing you, the whole world's washing you. They're waiting for you to make a mistake, right? They're looking for you to make a mistake so that they can fire you and have you arrested right how can you go to work can you imagine uh, and cops have had to deal with this for uh now probably about 10 years maybe a little bit longer that everything you do is videotaped like right? there is no other profession that i know of really maybe taxi drivers or, or uber drivers i'm not sure where everything you do you're videotaped now you have um uh, camera on your person, and I get them all the time because again, I investigate police officers uh, to find out if they're doing good or if they're doing bad on a regular basis. Um, and so you have a you have cameras on your body, so everybody can see what it is you're looking at and what's happening in your world. And you also have video cameras in your car, and everything you do is videotaped. Can you imagine that you have to go to work? Just let think about this as a uh, as a secretary, as an attorney as a um uh, a a plumber as a gardener whatever it is you do that everything you do is videotaped and then somebody reviews it to make sure that you didn't do anything wrong can you imagine can you imagine what kind of pressure you're under to be perfect every day under every circumstance right in in your day as a secretary i walked. Oh, let, let me talk about the guy the uh, the the uh, the worker at uh, Leslie's Pools that I had to go to the other day. And he was on the phone with a very difficult call. I heard every motive and I was going, I was getting frustrated listening to him repeat things over and over again, saying, no, sir, that's not what he does. you do. And he's like going, I don't know what you want from me, sir. But, you know, he was beginning to get frustrated, right? And just imagine having that camera on and him just being frustrated would be enough for him to get fired. Can you imagine that you are videotaped every second of your shift? and if you are not perfect you will either be fired or you'll be arrested that is the world that police officers live every day the difference in which it makes it more difficult is that sometimes you're being shot at sometimes you're you're they're trying to run over you with their car sometimes they're spitting on you sometimes they're throwing stuff at you sometimes you are trying to knock on the door and they're shooting through the door and now you have to make the perfect decision every time and if you don't you will be fired or arrested. I'm using those two things because we are seeing it every day on the news. Every day, there's a cop either being fired, well, let me add suspended. Suspended, fired, and arrested every day. And this is not, and I'm not being, I'm not, you know, hyperbole. This is not hyperbole. This is real, right? Just 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 read the Facebook postings, watch the news. Every day, somebody's getting suspended, fired, or arrested in law enforcement without really any due process. And so every day you're being videotaped. I just want you to, I'm I'm repeating that a little bit, maybe too much. And I I know that I do that a lot and people get on me for doing that sometimes. But I really feel like sometimes I have to make that point. I learned as an instructor for law enforcement and for civilians for many, many years that you do have to repeat yourself because Sometimes you're not listening (laughs) the first time you say it and then you have to say it three or four more times before it actually clicks. And some people that pay attention are going, "How how can you repeat yourself so often? It's because I've learned that I have to repeat myself, especially on the important points. But I just want you to understand what it'd be like for you to go to go to work. And be videotaped i remember and i don't know if this is still true i think there's probably a couple of people here in the medical business that i i couldn't videotape my kids being born because at the time because um you know you know they're they're uh six um nine 12 and 14 and i remember being in kaiser and i want to bring out a camera and they said well you can't record you can take pictures but you can't record right because they don't want you to videotape them making a mistake that's why right nobody wants to be videotaped every day of, of an entire 12 and a half hour shift when you sometimes get tired you get cranky and you may say the wrong thing and you're gonna get suspended fired or arrested and so they're under such pressure now this brings me to my point because of everything that's going on it was hard enough before but now that you have um Hundreds of eyeballs, if not thousands of eyeballs that are waiting, right? Not only do you have the cameras that are on your person in your car, but you have everybody videotaping you all the time. At the, um, uh, at the, at the Panda Express, when the BLM people were walking by, there were cops everywhere, right? And they were videotaping the cops that were standing by for their protection, <laughs> to making sure traffic flowed and to make sure everything was safe and everything was quiet. They were videotaping the cops who were protecting them. So now the cops that are protecting them are getting videotaped, Uh, and as you can see that on the riots and the in the peaceful protests that we saw, that they were there. Everybody had their cameras out, right? Everyone doing everything, and so you have all this stuff going on. So with that in mind, what is happening now? Police officers are retiring early. Um, Some of them are just resigning, uh, and the numbers are going to get bigger and bigger each day that this goes on. I I understand six hundred New York um police officers have turned in their uh, resignation papers uh I'm, I'm guessing most of that are people that have kind of kind of probably stayed beyond their retirement date uh to get some more money and to, to kind of build the um the chest up and now they're going it ain't worth it because i'm going to either get arrested or suspended and it's going to cost me everything that i've saved up so they get out you want to get out before something bad happens where they can deny everything you put into that um Uh, into that pot, into your retirement pot, right? And so 600, that is just what I heard today. Uh, Who knows how many it's going to be. I'm sure Los Angeles cops are doing the same thing. Uh, Oh man, I'm I'm imagining Seattle's cops are probably retiring like crazy. And then uh, Minneapolis and Chicago, you're going to have thousands of police officers retiring. So why is that a big deal? Well, Um, It's a big deal for a lot of reasons. Um, We're going to be now shorthanded because you can't hire cops fast enough. You'd have to look literally at thousands of candidates before you can hire just a couple. It's hard to find a candidate for law enforcement because the people just get disqualified for all kinds of stuff. They have a history of theft. Um, You go to their neighbors during the background investigation and say, hey, what do you think of Jimmy John that lives next door to you? And they go, well, uh, Jimmy John has lots of parties. And, uh, you know, uh, one day we heard him shooting his gun in the backyard. Right. But but on on his application, he forgot to write that part about shooting the gun one night. But when she actually was his friend and then they get disqualified, Uh, then you get into the psych test. Right. The psych test, they almost I'd say the majority of people get. Um, uh, disqualified, yes, son, gets disqualified um, during the psychological. And then you had the physical and medical where we lose a whole bunch of others because of, I almost didn't make it because of my high blood pressure when I was 20, uh, 22, I had high blood pressure and I almost didn't pass LAPDs and uh, Anaheim's. Um, And so as all these people are retiring, thousands of cops across the United States are retiring. Now there's going to be a big hiring Oh, not. Maybe not. Maybe because they're not being funded. So forget about that. So you're going to have the two or three that you're trying to find. Police departments are going to be fighting over a couple of these because when you, as a, uh, and those of you that have uh, uh, applied for law enforcement, you know you don't apply for just one necessarily. I applied for, um, uh, I p- applied for um, L.A. County Sheriff, L.A.P.D., Fullerton, Anaheim, uh, La Palma, Fountain Valley, Santa Ana. Um, I think, I wanna say San Diego. I, I, I Either I got the application, never turned it in, or I turned it in and never got a call. I'm one of those two. Um, what else? There were about 10 departments that I applied for. Uh, and like what happened to me, I got hired by LAPD and Anaheim at the same time. Uh, and because Anaheim hired me about four hours before LAPD, I went to Anaheim. And plus, I'd already been a reserve at Anaheim. And so you're going to have departments that this happens a lot because you have them. They're applying out there with 10, 15 police departments. And now they're going to get this one candidate who's really good out of all the hundreds that they've tested. And now they're going to be fighting over it. And now what happens is you, it's just so hard to fill Um these uh, positions when everybody's left so that's one problem it's going to be really really hard to find and and so of course what happens when you don't have enough officers the response time to calls which is one of the prides of most departments when Anaheim was able to get the uh, response time down to just a, uh, you know I don't want to give the number because I'm really not sure what it was at the time even though I worked in dispatch for a while um, the, the goal was to have it down to a minimum uh, and it, I, I see sometimes people from Anaheim that are watching but you want to get there fairly quickly right you you want there to you know be response time of something like 30 seconds to a minute. You don't want there to be a really long response time. But as you reduce your officers, then response time gets longer because now it sits on a call. So what I would do quite often as a canine handler, because we weren't assigned to beat as a canine handler, which was one of the great things about being a canine handler, is that I would clear a whole bunch of calls or to holding because there could be a backlog of calls that are holding. And most of them are like audible alarms at buildings. Uh, somebody heard a noise in their backyard. Um, suspicious person walking around a neighborhood that nobody in the neighborhood recognizes and they see them and you have a whole bunch of those calls holding quite often. 25, 30 of those calls are just sitting around and because I, my patrol as a canine was the entire city of Anaheim, which is a pretty good city, what I would do is I said, hey give me five of those calls and I'll, and I'll take them one, two, three, four, five in a row going in that direction and I'll just clear them because in most cases if it was a suspicious person, if you if it's been holding for five to ten minutes, by the time you get there the person usually walked on. Um, on occasion, they'd still be there. And then like on that one call that I told you about a couple days ago, I'd gotten in a fight <laughs> with the guy that was still there. I went and handled it by myself. Uh, I went to, hey, uh, you know, I got called about you and the guy attacked me and tried to pull my gun out of my holster and we were fighting on the ground for a long period of time. Um, but that was one of those calls that I went to like just to clear it because it was just sitting there and nobody had taken it and I went and cleared it. But minus that one, you usually can clear a whole bunch. But now that you're all busy, those calls are all going to sit there. If you ever wondered why, when you have a call of a burglary uh, that occurred while you were on vacation and you come and you find one of your windows broken and you find maybe, you know, uh, some of your equipment outside the window and, and the broken glass and you call the police, why it takes five hours for them to get there. It, that's why. Because they're busy handling all the other calls that are pretty much, you know, active calls or in progress calls. If your call is just a report call, quite often they won't even send a cop, they will send a uh, court reporter, uh, or not court reporter, a uh, police report writer, a a, a report writer that will come who's uh, a not a volunteer, but a civilian uh, in a civilian uniform that comes and takes those. So you have to have a whole bunch of those people, all right? So you have all that kind of going on, but now you're reducing the numbers, 600 retirees in in New York today is what I heard, um, and you have 200 or 300 officers in New York that are now injured. Many of them will probably take a retirement and they'll probably be so injured (laughs) that they can't go back to work and traumatized that they're too afraid to go back to work. So out of the two or 300 that are also injured right now, there's a likelihood of many of them will go on a medical retirement. And then you got all your 600 that are retiring early. That is around a thousand officers, which in a very large police department, what do they have? 30,000 officers, something like that. Uh, that is, that's still significant. These are senior officers. These are officers in, that are probably most likely detectives, uh, higher ranking, uh, you know, in the sergeants and lieutenants and that kind of stuff. You're going to lose all those people. Okay, so you got that. What's the other thing that we need to worry about? And Dan Bongione on his show today brought this up and a very important uh, aspect of it is that you're gonna lose, especially those that are retiring early uh, or as close to their retirement as possible, It that is that um, you um, lose all the experience of these detectives that have been working for 10, 15 years in sex crimes, in, in burglary, in auto theft, in uh, robbery, homicide in uh, uh, you know, a vice in uh, major narcotics. So you have all these guys that are now at that retirement age, but they're continuing because they're just really good at what they do and they love it. They love solving crime. You got cold cases that all these people are, are um, solving. All those people are going to be gone. That's a lot of experience. That's a lot of, uh, of, of knowledge. Uh, if you're talking New York and Los Angeles, even Anaheim in some levels and Santa Ana and some of the agencies that has a lot of crime where these kinds of things have occurred, that you, you have some really good cops with some really um, uh, strong um, experiences and intelligence that are now no longer part of a police department. And now you're going to be stuck with a bunch of officers that don't have very much experience, uh, that don't know what it is they're doing. Um, and so it, it's 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 another big problem. You, so it, it's just like it, the craziness of all this uh, because of, of one guy. Now, I know there's people saying, well, it's systemic. I'm, I've told you it is not systemic. I work Anaheim 21 years and I don't know of anybody that did anything to anybody because of what their race was. And, and I know that's easy for me to say and you would never be able to prove it. But I'm telling you, if there's any other Anaheim officers on there that I work with, um, if you can think of one, maybe one in 21 years, maybe one in 30 years. I don't know. But I, I just never saw it. Now, do we say things in the locker room about certain things? Are we uh, do we joke around that kind of stuff? Every you know, listen, we're, we're I'm not a child. You're not a child. We know what happens in locker rooms and the hockey locker rooms and the things that are said about, uh, you know, you being Asian or you being Mexican and that kind of stuff. That stuff happens all the time. Hold on. I got to see what my son wants. Yes, son. (laughs) You're staring at me. Yes. Can you go to Josh's house? Uh, son, it's eight o'clock. And I know you can go over there for 30 minutes, Mm. go say hi for 30 minutes and you can come back. Um, (laughs) He should have seen the look. If you would have seen the look that he gave me, you would have said, said yes too. <laughs> All right. Back to the thing. So sorry. Uh, I had to take a break there. That's what happens when you do a show at home. Um, so it is sad. It, it, it's, um, I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, you, you have these people. So I was in sex crimes for two years. It was a horrible, period of my life being a sex crimes detective. But I got you gotta understand this as a civilian and as a voter and as a person who needs to possibly voice your opinion and say, all right, we need to stop the madness. We got a small, and I think it is a small minority of the United States who've literally lost their mind that are crazy. It's either because they've lost their mind because they have Trump derangement syndrome and they just cannot help themselves. Because no matter what it is, it's his fault that this guy in Minneapolis had his knee on this guy's neck and killed him. Somehow it's the guy in the White House fault, right? And so no matter what it is, he says, if he says that he's for cops, there are hate cops, right? What he should have done is that, oh, I, he hates all cops. And, you know, knowing inside that if I say I hate all cops, they're going to all love the cops. What he should have said is I hate all cops and yes, we should defund and we should dismantle all cops. I agree with you, Democrats. They would have said, well, wait a minute. No, we love cops. We want more cops. We want to hire cops. We want to pay cops more. That's what would have happened. You know, he's got to learn that lesson that he just needs to say the opposite. And that way, in many times, he'll get what it is he wants. Uh, but that's not what's happening. And so those of you with a voice, those of you with opinion, those with uh, that are strong enough to be able to post on Facebook, because I know many of you aren't. Not that you're not strong enough. That sounds like a put down. But I know that you don't post on your Facebook anything that's going to ruffle anybody's feathers because they will lay into you and they'll unfriend you and whatever it is. I could care less of people. I actually like it. I have more friends now than I did when I, before I started talking about all this stuff. So it's really worked the opposite for me. And many of them have been Dem- Democrats who have now converted to Republican because of watching the show. I got a message two days ago uh, from two different people and that was a really good day. Two, two in one day is really good. All right. So, um, but you need to speak, right? You need to speak and say, okay, I've heard you, uh, you're angry. It's been two weeks and we're sorry that we saw, so- I am sorry that that uh, George died. I, I, I don't know, but I, I can't fix it. I'm not gonna kneel down and kiss anybody's feet because I didn't do it. I investigate law enforcement officers on a regular basis, and I find them that they've done perfectly fine, and they're great, and they're fantastic, and others, you know what, you could have done better, and in this case, we need to, um, you know, look at this a little bit deeper and figure out what we can do better, right, and so that is what my job has been for the last 15, 20 years, so I, I'm doing stuff, so I, I don't need to apologize for who I am and what I do. And what might maybe what I've said back in the past in joking at the locker room. Again, we are not children. We have said things, right? Like even people that have one eye, like you know, we'd said something, hey, a pirate, come over here. Like we say stupid stuff. It doesn't mean I'm racist against pirates or racist against people that only have one eye, right? It's just that we say stuff in joking. Um, and that is, I was called Mexican the entire time that I was a cop. They would say, Hey, Mexican, get over here. Hey, Mexican, go tow that car for me. Hey, Mexican, write the ticket and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna get the information for the report. Hey, Mexican, go get something out of the trunk because uh, you're a Mexican, go get out of the trunk. And I would say, you know, F you, and then I would probably sometimes go do it. Sometimes I'd say, F you, and not do it. But that's kind of how we spoke to each other because that's just what we do. It doesn't mean that my best friend that I was there for the birth of his children who used to call me Mexican was a racist we were best friends. We did everything together. We traveled together. We traveled the world together playing hockey. Um, and that is just the way that it is. So get over it. Like you're just, people are just so freaking over the top sensitive about so many things. I'm not telling you you're being too sensitive about George Floyd. That is a tragic homicide that occurred in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It is not all of our fault. It's not the cops in Seattle's fault that something happened in Minneapolis. Right? It's not the cops in New York. It's not the co- it's not even the cops that are in the same police department necessarily. Whose fault it is, again, is the leadership within that city who didn't take charge of their police department and let them kind of get out of control. And so we're going to lose uh, these cops that are retiring early. We're going to find it difficult to hire new cops. And so what we're going to have is a if they if they don't defund and, and um, uh, disable or dis, uh, uh disassemble what's the other what's the word i had it? and i've said it a hundred times already um oh you know what i'm talking about just take away law enforcement which again the likelihood of that happens very slim but you're gonna have a bunch of rookies you're gonna have people doing the job that they don't know how to do oh i know what i was about ready to tell you as a sex crimes detective you know there's um uh there were four sex crimes detective in the high police department and we were actually pretty fat at the time um, as a matter of fact four detectives for one unit actually was not that bad however each of us i want you to listen to this each of us had 500 child molestation cases each yes <laughs> rapes we had i can't tell you how many rapes i mean it's just astronomical there were so many rape reports and arrests that we had we'd get there it, the The worst day uh, as a detective is coming in on Monday because on Monday you have all the arrests that occurred on Friday and Saturday uh, and Sunday and then they would all be in custody now you have a bunch of in custody of child molesters and rapists you know each of us would maybe have five to ten uh in the jail that we would have to determine whether we had enough to keep them or and then go to the courts and get you know uh, you know uh, a DA to file the case so the person would stay, or if we didn't have enough we they would have to kick them and then but we we'd still investigate it just means we couldn't keep them in jail so we'd have those five or ten cases from the weekend every Monday and we'd be working those through the week as additional cases came in because they didn't only rape on weekends they didn't only uh, molest their children on on friday saturday and sunday they also did it on tuesday but you would you would get you know the one or two so you'd have the five or ten from the weekend you'd get the rest that you would get during the week and then it would all start over again and so by that by you know in a very short period of time you're buried in hundreds of child molestation cases and rape cases right as a as a sex crimes detective you would also get child abuse cases it wasn't just sex but you would also get child abuse cases you would get elder abuse cases we got um a uh, uh, terrorist threat cases, everything, every, all of those fell under that heading. And so you have hundreds and hundreds of cases that four detectives are trying to solve uh, and, and, and uh, prosecute uh, on a daily basis. And you never catch up, right? You never catch up. That's just Anaheim Police Department. We're talking about departments all across the United States have detectives that are doing that. And when you're talking about defunding and dismantling police departments, what people are thinking is that it's just, the only thing a police department is the are these patrol cops that are in uniform. Well, when you when you when you are firing and suspending and um, and arresting uh, street cops for what it is you're seeing on videotapes, who do you think has to come in and fill those positions on the street? Detectives. You have to pull detectives out of detectives and say, listen, we, we know you have four or five detectives uh, in robbery Homicide, but we we need cops on the street. Because those calls are coming in rapidly, you know, 40, 50 a night that one officer has to handle, or two officers, it's a two man uh, cars. So they're going to have to now begin to pull people out of detectives. And now you're being reduced. So if your child gets raped, uh, if your um, child gets kidnapped, if one of your loved ones gets hit by a hit and run driver, if. um somebody gets shot in your family if somebody uh you know if a robbery occurs and um, your car is stolen then you're just going to be out of luck with an investigation that's going to happen very quickly because it's going to sit on somebody's desk it's going to sit in these file cabinets and not in, oh the file cabinets for sure yeah these file cabinets and they'd have different colors for a, a case with lots of evidence or a kind of a case that's kind of like wobbly and then a case that is kind of like, well, we, we, we do have a dead body, but we just have no evidence. And so the, it just kind of sits there. So that would be a different color. Um, the ones that are hot are the ones that get worked, right? You have uh, witness statements, you have evidence, you have uh, a name, you have something like that. Those are the ones that get worked first, then the other ones that don't have very much evidence but have something, but you know they're kind of borderline whether you're going to go anywhere or not. Those get worked next. If you if you if you get through the ones that you have a lot of evidence and it frees you up, then you can go to the next set of cases. Uh, you rarely get to the cases that have no evidence. Those are called the cold cases, right? Those are the cases that go cold because you have nothing, and then you have to have a whole another department or a whole another detail that works cold cases. To handle the cases where we've never had anything really to work with, uh, because you have to prioritize. You pri- prioritize the ones where you know you have a dangerous felon on the loose and you're very close to catching them. Those are the ones that have to work first. So I hope I hope that I'm uh, defund yeah, and, and uh, yeah, just uh, dis- uh, take apart. Um, and so. Do you see where all this is going? And I, and I hope that this isn't confusing. I just wanted to kind of come on and, and talk about that. It's just not the street cops are going to be affected. It's just not the street calls to get affected. When you remove the street cops that are being recorded and arrested and suspended and fired, um, then you have to now, you have to fill those spots because that's where it starts. So everything starts on the street. And if you only say you go from 30 cops on the street during the shift, and it's just a random number I'm picking, 30, but now you have have you know, five less, that is significant, right? So in Anaheim, we broke it up into five sectors, at least when I was coped, I'm not sure if they're still doing the same thing. I think they went to six, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But let's say, you know, when I was cop, they had five. And five, so Anaheim Hills, you had the Disneyland area, you had the Northern area in the downtown area. Uh, then you had the uh, area near Brookhurst and Euclid, which is sector two, and then we had sector one. Again, they could be completely different now, but sector one was out way out in the West and over by Knott's Berry Farm. So you had sector one, two, three, four, five, Uh, Anaheim Hills being five. And with each one of those sectors uh, on a night shift, you would have about five cop cars out there. They're all single man cop cars on occasion in the uh, Jeffrey Lynn area or some of the downtown areas on the weekend, you would have two man cars on occasion, depending on what was going on. We had a lot of gang activity, but for the most part, it was one-on-one. So if you, if you lose, right, that's five, 10, 15, 20, 25, right? 25 cops on the street. During a shift, you'd have motorcycle cops riding around, you'd have the helicopter, you'd have some gang enforcement out there running around, that kind of stuff. But as far as street cops handling calls, you have 25 cops. If you lose five of those cops due to being suspended, fired, or arrested uh, in that on that shift, that is significant. Now you're down to four cops in a sector the size of Anaheim Hills, which is a really big area. And you go to calls together, you always go with two cops, two cop cars go together on most calls. So domestic violence call, two cops go. Now you have another domestic violence, or maybe you have uh, some type of robbery, you send two cops, now you're done. All the other calls that are coming in, there's nobody to handle those calls. Sometimes they'll send a a car from another uh, sector Again, we're down, right? We're already down in a very large city with hundreds of thousands of people. And during, you know, when you're open and have Disneyland going on, all that kind of stuff, you got, you, you triple the population of Anaheim. And do you see where this problem begins to begin? And I hope all this math isn't hurting people's brains and I'm, I'm losing people, but I'm just trying to explain how this is just not as simple as what it is that they're, they're, they think it is. Because again, you have many people that just don't know what they're talking about. We're going to defund, which means you're going to have to not hire any more cops. Um, There's not gonna be any raises. You got a bunch of cops are gonna retire because they're not gonna want to to go down in grade. They're they're gonna want to retire at the highest level uh, that they're uh, retiring now. And so there's no reason for them to stay, especially if they're defunding and reducing the amount of uh, money that's gonna be going into the police departments. And so they're gonna say, you know, we don't have any more money, what what, what can we do? And so you're losing all these cops from detectives because those are the senior officers in most cases are the sergeants, lieutenants, captains, um, and uh, detectives are the ones that are senior. Those are the ones, uh, and then a few street cops that have been around for 20, 30 years, they're all gone, right? They're leaving. 600 cops in New York, they are retiring. Then it leaves you with a bunch of rookies and holes in your patrol, holes in detectives. And who's going to hurt? be hurt the most? Yes, the uh, low income areas. Those are the ones that are hit hardest uh, because those are the ones that have, those are the areas that have the most crime. Uh, they have the shootings, they have the rapes, they have the child molestations. It's just true. I don't know what to tell you. You have child molestations in the in the wealthy areas. Yes, you do. But you got a lot of it happening uh, in uh, the very low income areas. Uh, I just hate to tell you that. So um, I don't know. I don't know if this does any good to do this, but it, it sure helps me get some stuff off my chest. <laughs> but hopefully it helps other people just say, OK, we hear you," or you. Just stop because we're losing good cops. I mean, a lot of them uh, and we're losing experience. You have cops that can solve a crime fairly quickly because of their experience that are going to be retired now and they're gone. And you're going to bring in cops, a cop that has no experience in homicide now in homicide. And he's like, oh, I have no idea, you know, how to handle a crime scene. And, um, you know, they get taught, but you, you don't, you don't know how to do it right away. It, all of this stuff takes time, uh, to learn and to become experienced in. And, uh, and so, wow, um, all this is happening because of of this, you know, you could say four guys. Let's just say four just to be kind of fair, but it was one guy who actually did the deed. As uh, Nicole said, this is way too many for one person. I know, it's just really crazy. Thanks Sean for helping me out. Dismantle was the word I was looking for. So uh, Amy wins the prize, thank you. Um, People get so offended, I know, it is really crazy. Uh, I can take a lot. So I think for me, it really is shocking that you can't say, I mean, my kids and I say stuff, you know, when the cameras aren't on. <laughs> but we're just kidding. Oh my gosh, yes, it's a tra- it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy, the, the murder, it's a tragedy of what's happening across the United States. In Seattle right now, they've gone bonkers. Um, and like I said before, it's um, I don't think they get paid enough to deal with, the, yeah. Again, the biggest thing is that I really think that um, uh, people should really understand is that, is that they are being videotaped in every way possible all during their whole shift, right? You, you, can't, you can't say anything wrong anymore. And we used to be able to say some pretty cool stuff as cops uh, to people and you can't say that stuff anymore, right? Um, you, uh, it, but it got the job done um, and it's hard. I mean, it, it's hard enough to do the job it, it, but now you're being filmed at everything you do. I mean, you can't even film the cash register at Stater Brothers. There's a sign that says "No videotaping inside the store." Right? They don't want to be. They don't want to be videotaped every day. Who wants to be videotaped every day? But we don't. The cops have no choice. We did. We didn't have any choice. You, we just get videotaped. And now, not only do we have the cameras, but everybody that's uh, on scene has the cameras. Um, I mean, the criminals, the felons, should have to wear. It. Right. I agree, a hundred percent. We are at such a disadvantage. And that actually brings up a really good point, Nicole. And I um, uh, I know that you were pro- you're, you know, kind of being facetious there. I said, but that, that is the thing, right? They they have all the advantage. When we talk about the 74 year old man that got brought, got pushed down, I just found out today, I know somebody that knows him. And so, uh, you know, the, the guy in Buffalo, um, which was really interesting news that I got today. And I didn't, you know, uh, listen the ear the blood came out of the ear way too fast i know that this is not popular i know that you think i'm an elder abuse uh person or something like that um but he's known he was known by not just what i just learned today from a a friend who knows him um actually he's a family member um but other cops in buffalo have said the guy has been an agitator for days we were trying to get him to leave and he wouldn't leave. And he, he keeps coming in, he keeps, you know, saying stuff. And he knows how to, you know, how to get in the middle of stuff so that he causes, um, you know, stuff to happen. And it was just, they just got frustrated with him. And then they say, there's no way that that blood came out of his ear. That it is impossible based on what all of us know that have been doing this job for a while, that when you hit when you fall back. Uh, and he falls back like a prop, uh, uh, what do they call it? Not a prop fall. Um, Pratt fall right and he falls down like chevy chase uh on saturday night fever um and the ear that the ear is bleeding at impact now i would i a, you know the injury there's uh, on the back of the head i could see bleeding on a bit you'd see no blood there but yeah the blood coming out and so this is where the the cops are disadvantaged and this is where I'm going with this is that we're constantly, and we have been set, I was set up as a cop and that's before all this stuff started happening that they have all the advantage. They can make things look and begin to record at the right time. Like, you know, get in our face and say something, you know, we're, I'm going to, you know, whatever it is. And then, and they go, no, stop. What are you doing? Right. Uh, and they do all this stuff to make it appear as if the cops are being more forceful and, um, inappropriate uh, because they have all the advantage. They always have the advantage. They have the advantage with the weapon. We cannot shoot until we feel threatened first, right? They can be first to draw the weapon. We have to be second, you know, in in many cases. Um, And so there's always this advantage and the cops are the disadvantage, yet they're the ones being videotaped all the time. So uh, that's kind of where I was going with that that comment, Nicole, is that, yeah, you know, it'd be great if it was fair ground, right? Where they were being taped all the time, and um uh, and and so so that it was like even Stephen and it's not um even Stephen haven't said that since second grade. Um, And so there's just some things you need to keep in mind. So I hope I didn't get too far off track and didn't go too far. Uh, I'm gonna have an outline for uh, the book. I will probably be speaking most of the book through Facebook Live. And so look over the next couple of days. I'm not sure if I'll be ready for the first uh, part of it uh, tomorrow or not, but at least over the weekend, uh, expect me to do a couple of shows, which are gonna be, what I do is I speak the book. I then transcribe the words that I use in the Facebook Live and then I edit it and kind of put some filler in there. And then that's, uh, you know, it becomes a chapters and books. I've done it a couple of times now and it works really well. So, uh stay tuned for that. All right. So, um just concerned about the number of officers that are retiring and um uh and um it, it's it's all the the senior officers that have been around for a long time that know what they're doing and they're going to leave you with a very young inexperienced police department that doesn't have the officers to uh, handle all the calls that are going to be, be coming in for service. It's just going to be a nightmare for just a little bit. All right. Uh, let's see here. The first time I saw the video of the elderly guy falling, I thought someone had thrown a mannequin down in front of Right, yeah, yeah. he He's not an innocent, like just an innocent 75 year old man that was like, you know, dragging his feet. He, you can see him in other videos. I've seen him in other videos before all that happened, where he's walking around perfectly fine and he's arguing with people and, and yelling at them. And they're telling him, dude, you're gonna get punched. Why are you doing this? Why are you such an agitator? And he's walk, he's not an un, you know, like an unhealthy, like frail old 75-year-old man. He's actually pretty spry and um, was walking around agitating the agitators. <laughs> it, it's not like he was like, oh, I'm an old guy. No, that's not what it was. Um, and so um uh, there's going to be more that's going to come out about that i'm sure um i just i i've seen a bunch of pictures close ups zoom ins and stuff like that i just don't necessarily put those up until i feel comfortable that it's the real thing yeah what's going on in uh, in washington seattle yeah they took over uh, city hall a um an aoc type um, uh, council member uh, opened the doors to city hall and allowed uh, all the antifa uh, blm uh, people inside, uh, city hall is what I was, what I saw. Uh, and they're, they're in there protesting and took over, um, city hall. And, um, of course they want to, um, dismantle the police department, uh, and defund it both. <laughs> and they, are demand to have only black doctors or black doctors, um, uh, in the medical field. Um, I say if he's black and qualified i'll take a black and qualified uh doctor i don't care uh how about just having qualified doctors how about just having qualified police officers <laughs> um but um uh, and they may have taken over the police department too uh that is possible too but i know for sure i saw what appeared to be city hall uh, uh you know that it was hundreds and hundreds of people inside there on the stairs and on a on a uh, you know, a bridge that went across somehow. I'm not sure what it was, but oftentimes the police department is attached to city hall. So it is possible that they got into the, the police department too. Um, I haven't really watched that part of it. I was watching a couple other things uh lately. So I missed that. All right. So thanks for watching again. This was a very impromptu uh, uh live. I don't know if you like these very much because I kind of just talk about what's off the top of my head uh, I don't think that it is, is that smooth <laughs> but uh, but I just I'm really concerned about what we're going to be left with with police. if they're not defunding them and dismantling we're gonna have a skeleton crew of young cops uh, and have very difficult time trying to hire police officers especially if they're not paying them uh, and they're reducing their pay it is uh, I'd rather go work somewhere else it's it's um and, and again in California we were paid like right now, it's one hundred and six thousand dollars as average pay annually for California. The next closest one is thirty thousand dollars less. The next state, <laughs> thirty thousand dollars less. So everybody is down into the seventy thousands, and many cop their police departments are down in the fifty thousand to forty thousand dollars annually. Um, you can't find good quality people to work for that amount of money to get shot at. Uh, and to get kicked and spit on and and called Mother Effer and um the names that we get called on a regular basis. It's just not possible. All right. So there you go. And I uh I really appreciate your guys' attention and time. Uh, I appreciate that you share. I, I see that you guys share out my videos a lot and I and I appreciate that. I, I hope that you continue to do that. Uh and I love that you comment. Those those are all that's all good stuff. And I just really appreciate uh all of you uh for all the time that you take to uh to watch and spend your Your time with me. Uh, it, It really is greatly appreciated. All right. Thank you very much. I'll see you on the next one. Take care. Bye. At Discount Tire, you can shop online and get the same trusted advice you get from the stores. Then just book a time that's convenient for you. When you get to the store, you can stay safe with a new touchless experience. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of.